Welcome to Lifehouse Church Online. To know more about our senior pastors, head to the Lifehouse website. We hope you enjoy the service. I am going to read a passage of the Bible to you from 2 Samuel chapter 11, verses 1 to 5. You're going to need to hold on to your seat. It kind of feels a little bit early to be telling this kind of story. So just kind of settle in there, take a couple of deep breaths and get ready, get ready for a pretty uh, confronting story. This is what it says. In the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. This is in modern day Jordan. They destroyed the Ammonite army and they laid siege to the city of Rabbah. Rabbah is actually Amman, the capital of, of modern-day Jordan. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Late one afternoon, after his midday rest, that's interesting, isn't it? Late one afternoon after his midday rest, okay, it's quite a rest, isn't it? Quite a, quite a good rest there. David got out of bed and he was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was, and he was told, She is Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, and the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Now, there's a bit of useful information in that sentence there. Who is this woman? Well, she's such and such a person's daughter, and she is the wife of such and such a man should be the end of the story, right? Oh, okay, she's not a bad looker, but, you know, I need to set my gaze somewhere else. Oh, in fact, I have a number of wives myself already, so, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll leave that alone. Then David sent messengers to get her. Uh-oh. <laughs> and when she came to the palace, he slept with her. She had just completed the purification rites after having her menstrual period. Then she returned home. Later, when Bathsheba discovered that she was pregnant, she sent David a message saying, I'm pregnant. Wow. Couldn't I have just preached on greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world or... For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, or something kind of really, really uplifting. Well, well, here's the, I was going to say the good news. It's hardly the good news. The story actually gets worse. In fact, the story gets much, much worse. And we haven't got time to look at the verses that follow this, but let me give you a pricey of the story. So, David actually arranges for the woman's husband to be killed to cover up his adultery. The child born from the adulterous relationship dies in infancy. The prophet says to David, because of what you did, yeah, God's forgiven you, God's forgiven you, but there's consequences here. From this moment on, there's going to be trouble in your own family and there's going to be trouble in the kingdom. And the nation moves from being uh, on a, a pathway or a track or, or a focus of conquest to actually constantly managing internal strife. 
And all of that happens because of this stupid, stupid moment in David's life where his glance becomes a gaze. In fact, that's not quite true. There's more to it, and we'll get to that. So where do we go with a story like this? There's a lot of different directions that we could go. And if you're poised to take some notes here, get ready to take some notes. If you're in the mood just to sit and reflect, yeah, please sit there, reflect, open your heart, listen carefully, see what God might want to say. What are some of the lessons that we could grab from this? Perhaps we could focus on the issue of a powerful person abusing their power to get what they want, even if it's at the cost of harming someone else. That's a very topical issue, isn't it? Oh my goodness, that is a topical issue. And it's not a new issue. And it's an issue that the Bible addresses and that the Bible has never given the okay to. It has never been okay for powerful people to abuse less powerful people to get what they want at the price of harming other people. God has never been okay with that. And if you have read your Bible and you know your Bible, that is actually a principle that you do your very best to live by. But that's not where we're going with this. Perhaps we could focus on the issue that sometimes good people do really dumb and bad things. David is described as being a man after God's own heart. Excuse me? A man after God's own heart? Well, look, there's a lot more to say about that. There's a lot to reflect on there. There's a lot to teach into there. But David was always incredibly responsive and humble and contrite when he did something that was stupid. And here's the good news for everyone who is sitting here. You don't need to be defined by your mistakes. And good people do do bad things. But that doesn't mean that you are a bad person. And if you are in Christ, you are a new person. And everything has been made new. And there's forgiveness for you. And if you are on that journey of faith this morning and you haven't quite come to that point, you don't need to be defined by those ugly patches of your life where you've done some dumb stuff. You don't need to be defined by that. Just another little lesson associated with that that I've learned over the years. Sometimes we have this romanticized or this idealized view of somebody and we look at somebody and we can see all of the good things in them and we, we can develop unrealistic perspectives on who a person is we can even look at somebody and we can think, wow, that, that person is so wonderful, they're amazing. Then they do something dumb, then we go, we, we seem to flip across to the other side and all of a sudden we start thinking of all of the bad things about them and the person that we honoured and loved, all of a sudden we think they're the devil, right? And we stack up all of the bad things and we can't see anything good in them anymore. That's not smart. That's not smart. And as I was preparing this, I, I felt the Holy Spirit prompting me that there's a couple of you here, you're right in that zone at the moment. Somebody has let you down and instead of applying grace to the situation and continuing on with love for that person, you've decided to, 
to stack up all of the things wrong that you see in them and you've actually decided to despise them. Good people do dumb things sometimes. I do dumb things. You do dumb things. But that doesn't have to define you. That does not have to be the end of the story. But we're not going to focus on that. Perhaps we could focus on how destructive it can be when we chase after things that we should never chase after in the first place. Have you been there? And I'm not just talking about a relationship necessarily. There's, there's broad application to that principle. Sometimes we are so desperate to get our hands on something that God doesn't want us to have that we keep going for it. And rather than that thing bringing fulfillment and satisfaction to us, it actually brings devastation and pain. Don't go after stuff that you shouldn't go after. But we're not going to focus on that. Perhaps we could get even more specific on that issue and we could talk about out-of-control desires. Perhaps we could even talk about adultery. We could talk about that adulterous mindset and that adulterous spirit. Take a deep breath. Thank God we're not going to talk about that. But maybe there's some relevance there. Just throw that out there. Perhaps we could talk about temptation. David sees this woman, but because he sees this woman, because he's attracted to this woman, that did not mean that he had to have that woman. As I said earlier, he glanced, but then he gazed. Your glance does not have to become a gaze. Don't gaze at what you should only glance at. I think it was Martin Luther who said, you can't stop birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. But we're not going to talk about that. I don't want to focus on any of these issues. I actually want to look at an issue that somehow was the catalyst to what took place here. And I don't know what was going on with David at that time, that we have no real indication of what his motivation was. But somehow at this moment in time, David had started drifting from, from God. In his relationship with God, there was weakness, not strength. And this is what it says. In springtime, when kings normally go to war, What's that about? Now listen again. In springtime, when kings normally go to war, there was a pattern of how things were done. There was a routine. There was a normal way in which kings would behave at that time. And the way in which kings would behave is that they would go to war from the springtime through to the end of autumn because winter was too challenging to wage warfare. So it was now the time for war, but what was David doing? 
David was hanging around in his palace and he had sent others out to do what he should have been doing himself. One of the things that I have noticed very clearly through this pandemic time is that people become vulnerable when normal, healthy life patterns are broken. The pandemic has broken normal, healthy life patterns for many people. Not for everyone, thank God. And some of you sitting here, it's been an okay time for you and life has continued on pretty much as normal. For others, there's been an enormous interruption as to what life normally looks like for you. And you've felt it and you've already started identifying with what I'm saying. When people's life patterns are broken, they lose focus. Whether it's through crisis, whether it's through a pandemic, whether it's through a relationship breakup, losing a job, a period of, of severe illness, a drift in relationship with God, wherever it starts, when life patterns are broken, we lose focus and when we lose focus, we become vulnerable. Let me say that again because that's important. If not for you, it's important for those who you love and those who you lead. When people's life patterns become broken, they lose focus and they become vulnerable. I'm not sure what the statistics are like in Australia, but in the UK where we live, the pandemic statistics are horrendous. And I'm not talking about the numbers of people who are sick or who have died. I'm talking about a rise in domestic abuse. I'm talking about a rise in mental health issues, especially self-harming, depression, anxiety, and most pointedly amongst youth and amongst children. I'm talking about a rise in alcohol abuse. I'm talking about a rise in online gambling. I'm talking about a rise in social anxiety. And I'm not just talking about a little uptick in those areas. I'm talking about exponential growth in those areas. I'm talking about issues that are out of control. Why? Because people's life patterns have been broken and they find themselves losing focus, and in their loss of focus, and without the constraints and the boundaries of normal life patterns, they are vulnerable. And when they become vulnerable, they also make other people become vulnerable too, and tragically, often those closest to them. And I'm hearing similar stories around churches all around the world. I'm hearing of the consequences of patterns being broken. I'm hearing of people dropping out of church in large numbers. People dropping out of attending on Sundays. People dropping out of serving. People dropping out of small group community. People actually even reevaluating their faith and their faith becoming like an add-on rather than the very center of who they are and what life is all about. People being distracted and deceived by online teaching. 
people with no accountability around who they are listening to and what the effects of that listening are. People, because of online experiences, able to lock themselves in echo chambers where they just get to hear what they want to hear over and over and over again. And that cycle not being broken and people going down incredibly destructive paths as they feed themselves incredibly destructive messages. Also note these phrases. David sent Joab and the army to fight. David sent others to do what he should have been doing himself. There was still territory to be taken. David's purpose was to be advancing and representing God's kingdom and God's interests. He went to war not because he liked fighting. He went to war because he had a command to extend the kingdom of God and to look after God's kingdom interests. Now, we don't do things that way anymore, but that was the reality of that time and that place. He was a man who was given a mission by God to extend the kingdom of God. But David stayed behind in Jerusalem. David was inactive when he should have been active. And when a person loses focus, when a person becomes inactive, the mission of God and the purpose of God somehow gets left behind in our lives. And when we lose our focus on mission, we start putting our attention on other things that we should never be giving attention to. In this church here, we believe in spiritual realities that we can't see. We believe that there is an adversary who is called the devil. And he is never happier than when God's people become distracted by things that they should never be distracted by. He is never happier when we lose sight of the mission and the purpose of God that has been so clearly laid at our feet. Have you stayed focused on mission during this COVID season? I want you to think about that. Have you stayed focused on mission during this COVID season? Have you stayed focused on the purpose of God? Have you continued to dedicate yourself to what is important to God or have you become distracted? Have you lost your focus? Is is your faith weakened through this season rather than strengthened because you haven't held on to what you should be doing and what you should be going after? I'm a bit of a grumpy bum these days. Are there any other grumpy bums in the place? Oh, you're just putting your arm around your partner there I thought you were I thought you were my friend there for a moment you're going to say yeah I'm a bit of a grumpy bum sometimes too but there are a lot of things that I could become really annoyed with I think some of it's my personality some of it's my age can anyone identify with me or am I kind of just out on my own here right thank you 
Thank you. There's a lot of things that can annoy you, right? There's a lot of things that are just so wrong, that are just so frustrating. There are so many issues where you're left scratching your head going, what on earth is going on here? What is going on here? And you could go from issue to issue to issue to issue to issue and you could become more and more distracted and more and more grumpy and more and more angry, but we can't afford to go that way. I can't afford to go that way. I have to keep the main thing the main thing. I have to keep focused on what is important to God. Because when I stay focused on what is important to God, I stay in my lane, I stay living on purpose, and I find myself with a level of freedom because of the focus that I have that actually propels me into my future rather than spins me off into into some byway somewhere where we're distracted, where we lose our way, where we're engaging in fights with everybody, where we're becoming cynical. Have you kept your focus on what matters to God during this time? This is a whole subject in itself. But just to throw this out there to you, one of the big post-COVID challenges is to rebuild healthy life patterns. Personal disciplines, spiritual disciplines, relational disciplines, And again, if not for your sake, for the sake of those around you. Because when those patterns are lost, people lose their focus and they become vulnerable. And David demonstrates that to us profoundly. All of these normal patterns that God puts us in, these rhythms of life, these routines, they help us to build productive and purposeful lives. David was relaxing when he should have been fighting. Why was he relaxing? I don't know. Why did he lose his way? Why in his family environment had things become so unhinged? Why were his sons so out of control? I I could put forward some thoughts, but there's nothing definitive. There's no verse, as far as I can recall, that says to us, And this is why David went off track. Oh, right, okay. I imagine it was a drift. (laughs) I imagine it was a series of things. I imagine it was a man who was once close to God, drifting away from God, his heart being enamored by things that he shouldn't have been enamored by. He was a king not acting like a king. He was a husband not acting like a husband. He was a father not acting like a father. He was a representative of God not acting like a representative of God. We have to reset our thinking. We have to focus once again. For those of you who perhaps have been walking this journey of faith or this journey of exploration of faith for only a short period of time. This is a good time for you to remember to put Jesus at the center of your life. And even on this journey of exploration, if Jesus is just going to be some sort of add-on or some sort of 
thought that you have every now and then, you're not going to find who you are. You're not going to find your purpose until you put him at the very center. It's time for us to fight again. It's time for us to fight again. Did you hear me? The fight reminds us of what is important. The fight reminds us of what the purpose of God is and that which is significant in life. Are you fighting for what is genuinely important or have you become distracted and are you fighting about things that in the big scheme of things don't mean a whole lot? Where is your fight at the moment? Where is your fight focused? The ground that you are taking, the ground that you are standing firm in, what does that ground look like? What might you call that ground? Is it the kind of stuff that God would have you standing on or fighting for? Lifehouse, it's time to fight again. It's time to start fighting. It's time to renew our focus. It's time to set our feet again. It's time to pursue the things that God wants us to go after. We don't delegate the fight. We don't wander around on our rooftop with no purpose. We continue to set our eyes on God and on the purpose of God and we go for what God tells us to go for. When we lose our focus, we become vulnerable. When we maintain our focus and keep Jesus at the centre, we live lives of purpose. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for these amazing people So many different circumstances here, so many different battles, so many different struggles, so many different thoughts at this moment in time. But I thank you that you know them all. I thank you that you are on the side of everyone who is sitting here. I thank you that you are extending mercy and grace to people now. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to people now. And some of these issues that I've thrown out there, Lord, you're going to take them much further. You're going to take them much further. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would take these issues further, that you would speak into people's hearts, that you would help people who have lost focus to refocus, that you would help people who are are fighting about stuff that isn't worth fighting about. You'd help them to fight for what matters. Those who have become inactive, Lord, that, that you would spur them on to become active once again, to put their faith into action. Jesus, we put you at the center. We determine that we will try and stay close to you because in staying close to you, there is safety and there is purpose. I pray this over everyone who is here in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hi, I'm Richard Gabaki and pastor of Lifehouse Church. Just wanted to say thank you for listening to this message and I hope and pray that you feel that it's added value to your life. My greatest desire is to see people develop a personal relationship with Jesus, which can begin by praying a very simple prayer. 
I'm going to pray that prayer right now. And if you'd like to begin that relationship, you can just repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you in my life. I choose you as my only hope of being forgiven. Please come into my life and let me begin a relationship with you that will last for all eternity. If you've prayed that prayer, we would love to know about it and celebrate your fantastic decision. You can do that by sending an email to mydecision at lifehouse.com.au. We look forward to hearing from you.